0: Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage.
1: We're a music podcast. Music lovers, we
0: have a great show planned for you today. But before we begin, as always, please remember to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends, all your family, maybe even your enemies. And then today's special guest listener is
1: uh, I'm going to shout out a wire worker. Uh, this was a special request from a listener, Mike McCoyle. Shout out, Mike. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. shout out to there's Mike. a
2: man named Mike McCoyle who works in wiring. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the I
1: irony.
0: Know. It's great. He's also a first so responder, amazing. so. So good. Hello, Mike. Shout out to you, Mike. And yeah, and all wire workers. Yes, anybody who works with wire. Anybody who works with wire, yes.
1: Um, okay, cool. So I will tell you what we are doing on our show today. We you. have music news like we always have. Then we are going to cover the year 2008. We are going to tell you our favorite. No, 2008. I'm so sorry. 1989. 1989. <laughs> I In my head, I'm like, yep, this is 1989. We're going to cover 1989, the musical year. Everything that happened, our favorite albums, I'm going to tell you about it. Then we are going to review Lana Del Rey and her new album. There's an, Did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard, the new record? We're going to review it. We're going to tell you about it, if we like it, if we love it, if we hate it. Yeah. You're going to find out. This is Get in the Garage. Roll up a garage door. Play the theme song. Here it goes. Wow. Wow. All right. How wonderful was that? That was great. This Um, is music news. This is music news. If you want to lead it off. I will lead it off. Uh, (laughs) This is legal news. Here we go. Um, Order in the court. (laughs) Yes. Order in the court. Uh, The late Roots bass player... His uh, widow is filing a lawsuit against the band Questlove Black Thought Live Nation uh, for racketeering and fraud. So what is going on in this case in a nutshell is weird. It is a lot going on here. But so what they're claiming is that the peoples I'd mentioned were running uh, these businesses. These businesses would fund their musical career. And the allegation is these businesses that they were running were fraudulent businesses that were funding their uh, musical endeavors um, and also had left out the late bass player in these uh, money dealings and filings and that he should be uh, in with, like, the registered trademarks and all that, that these LLC under these companies does own. So, um I think she's looking for earnings from the legitimate earnings from these things if they are legitimate. Um this is all speculative by the way. So this is none of this has happened or not happened. Yeah. Um this is just out in the air. These are the allegations of what happened. Um I don't know if this sounds true. I don't, it sounds pretty far fetched and out there, but um so basically yeah. the bass player is uh widow is just looking for I think at the end of the day, like uh, really just like t shirt money and things of that nature, some like kind of like legacy on from the band to make money, seeing that um, the bass player being a founding member of mm-hmm. the roots. So this is Hub. Yes. Who played with the band for 15 years, left the band before they really cashed in
2: and did the Jimmy Fallon late night band. Yes. Oh, he left before that. Yeah, he left in uh, 2007 Jesus. and they started playing with Jimmy uh, in two thousand nine, maybe. Oh, okay. So That's yeah.
1: uh, yes, yeah. correct on all those things. He left that year exactly, and um, his le- reason for leaving too was um supposed cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So um. Hopefully that gets, like, brought out in some kind of, like, nice way that, like, doesn't get involved with the courts and maybe we don't see the rest of it and it gets solved nicely and everyone's happy at the end of the day. But um, mm. that's what's going on in that situation. That was a uh, little bit of legal news for you. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Questlove seems like a real great guy, so I don't I don't feel like there's anything nefarious that would be going on. So let's hope yeah. there's not.
0: Yeah. Well, I have Questlove news as well to kind of piggyback oh, off of yes. that. He is going to be in charge of the music for the uh, the Aristocats, the Disney Aristocats. Not just the music; film.
2: he's actually going to be directing the film. Oh, he's directing it too. He's directing. Oh, that's right. The yeah, that's right. I'm live, sorry. Live action, yeah. CGI version of the Aristocats. What? Yeah. It'd be his first. Uh, feature film to be directed after his documentary feature uh, The Summer of Soul that came out two-ish years ago.
0: Yep, yep. Um, so. Yeah, he's also in the works cool, to man. produce a, uh, a Jay Dilla documentary too. So,
1: S- Can we just talk? Are they going to have butts as the cats, like people cats? Aristocats? Oh, is, is, is that what gonna, you said? Yeah, the Aristocats. <laughs>
0: Remember the, it's not like, I don't think it's going to be like cats. Well, Remember
2: you said it was live action. Where, yeah. it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see The Lady and the Tramp? Uh,
1: remake I did not on, on Disney Plus no
2: so no. it's like all of the animal characters are CGI oh okay and then okay. all of the people are still people okay that makes so sense so I assume that's kind yeah, of what yeah, they're yeah. gonna be doing okay
1: I was hoping they weren't gonna like CGI people's faces on the but cats. we'll keep you on posted if there are gonna be butts <laughs> <laughs> Plus love call me you shouldn't do it don't do it yeah go sound's butts yeah yeah <laughs> Um, that's amazing and yeah, um, yeah pretty cool a, a great chance to undo that terrible scene in that mm. movie that we all oh, know a there's, there's a couple a there's a couple there's yeah. quite a few we watched it the other day and I, I was hope like... the Siamese cats get redemption in the film can yes. we almost guarantee Agreed.
2: that most of the roots will be represented in the big house party scene probably That has different cats I, I, like, I assume so. that's gonna happen that, black, yeah, black of...
1: thought as a cat oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: with a with
2: fedora <laughs> you know it's gonna happen come on it'll be great come on yeah Um, In other music news uh, this week, Afro Man put out home footage of a police raid in various music videos, and he is now being sued by the cops. Uh, Afro Man lives in Ohio. Afro Man known for his song uh, Why I Got High released in like 2000, Um, he was in on the police and they broke a lot of things in his house and he claims that they stole money and dismantled his security system and lost $20,000, et cetera, et cetera. So he uh, took the clips from his home surveillance of the cops coming to his house and he used that as the music video for a couple of songs that he's released, um, including one, I think it's called, Will You Repair My Door? Or will you repair my gate? It's something like that, but it's very Alpha Man. Was like, will you repair my gate? And it shows <laughs> shows the cops like smashing into the gate off his uh, home surveillance. This Jeez. this occurred uh, the the SWAT or whatever occurred last fall. And, uh, of course, now he's being sued by police because it made them look really bad. So, uh, yeah.
1: My personal favorite out of this whole uh, debacle has been the song Lemon Pound Cake, where the oh, officer yes. is walking through the house with his gun drawn like this, sees the lemon pound cake on the counter, and then double takes the lemon pound cake like... Mm. I want some meat sliced. He's like, oh. he like looks <laughs> down at it. And it's good. He's it's like, good. he's like lemon pound cake. It's it's to the it's yeah. to the tune of another song yeah. that I can't even think of. But it's it's, really it's so funny. Yeah. Um. Shout out to that officer that wanted that lemon pound cake. <laughs> um. This is what you get. I don't know. You didn't find shit. This is what happens, man. Yeah. I think he, he made the T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's uh you know what are you gonna do, man? yeah, uh, I think this is one of those situations where you have some uh brevity and uh laugh at yourself a little bit and then maybe become part of the community a little bit. Yeah. so yeah.
0: what do you do? here here um sp- I have more legal news, actually, so childish Gambino was uh being sued. Did you know about this? no, uh for the song um this is America, and it was by this rapper called Kid Wes, yep. who wrote a song called made in america this was a year before so i think this is america was 2018 uh kid west had released this song in 2017 the year prior to that and i have you heard i have i mean it's pretty it's similar ish
2: but like, has the phrase "This is America" ever been uttered by a billion other people on the planet? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know.
0: Right, right. I think so. I've said it like today.
2: Like, "This yeah. is America." Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, but you know, it's very uh, "This is America, made in America." That's like, you know, I I, I, I guess don't I, know. I I guess I understand. America
2: only has so many syllables.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so many notes the human ear can hear. Uh, so I went to Kid West's Spotify page, though. To be fair, in comparison, and I think the most. The highest number of streams that he has is like seven thousand. Let's get those numbers up So um <laughs> it looks a little, you know, it just looks a, it's you're like, what are you doing, man?
2: He's trying to get some of that money. Yeah. Sure. He'll get paid. He'll get, you know, fifty thousand bucks.
0: Yeah, something. Whatever. Something. But interesting. Music business. Um wow. but childish Gambino is in the clear for now.
2: For mm-hmm.
1: now. For now. Wow. We're very I saw an proud. outfit he
2: wore. I think it was at the Oscars and it was like a completely cut-off back.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw that, too. It was
2: a look. It was a look. It was out there. It was, yeah. it was like a double-breasted suit, and then the whole back from shoulders down was cut out. <laughs> so it was like it was like Marvin Gaye meets like Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good look. I'll no post- shirt underneath the jacket. No, I, I mean, you Come can't. On. You have to go
0: full commitment. Come on. We're going to post
2: pictures it. here. Yeah, yeah, we'll post so, pictures. Yeah. Maybe I'll make uh,
1: Mike... Drake in that outfit. No, yeah. maybe. All right. Uh, and, uh so oh, I wanted to just shout out real fast. Uh Madlib, uh famous pr- uh, hip-hop producer, uh was on Sway in the Morning and he said that he is finishing up the finishing touches on a Mac Miller release that they were working on oh, prior to his death. Um and it was in limbo with the estate for a while. I think they wanted to get these other two records that they had in the uh wings waiting to go um but yeah so we're gonna get a mac miller mad lib produced record which sounds pretty amazing to me i yep. can't wait to hear that and he also said he's working on a new erica badu record so uh shout out to that and i can't wait to hear both of those things the
0: mac miller did they allude to like when that to be expect that to coming out now there's nothing yet now but it's <laughs> just curious
1: coming out yeah so um oh can i uh one more thing that's support is coming out this summer supposedly is the ed sheeran oh. cradle of filth collaboration <laughs> to give the people what they that want. we all <laughs> needed uh danny filth has been apparently they're like good friends yeah they're like blossoming this beautiful relationship about something <laughs> i don't know He's maybe like, you're
0: pale i'm pale let's Th-
1: just this is where ed, Satan. They, they're just they're talking about God. their post-mortem albums all the time yeah um so th- this is uh this is a collaboration album that is coming supposedly uh a full album too. yeah we're gonna review it we're oh we re- have to we re- can't re- we not. have to review the Ed Sheeran uh Cradle of Filth <laughs> Cradle of Ed Cradle of <laughs> Sheer- Ed, no, it's Ed Sheeran filth. of Filth
0: Sheeran of Filth <sighs> Filthy Sheeran um so uh, well, we'll look forward to that
1: get one excited for those releases out. guys get excited yeah.
0: um so. I have some more legal news real quick just to, to round it off. So okay. two things, um, or just one thing rather, uh, as far as Ticketmaster goes, they're facing a lawsuit for Drake prices. Apparently the price had changed over the course of two days. Let's dynamic see, pricing. Dynamic pricing, all that stuff. You know the deal. We've been talking about this forever. It's like everywhere if you're like paying attention to music news between The Cure and If you the, listen and to and the Taylor show, Swift you know. And, Yeah, if you listen to the show, you should know. But it looks like Drake is attempting to take down the monolith. So we shall see the what happens. The monolith shall fall. They also just got dropped too. Ticketmaster got dropped from some um, historic theater in like Brooklyn, New York, Kings, something or other. Yeah, it's but,
1: but that's just like one. You got but it's like you you, gotta, you
0: need to you got to get like MetLife Stadium to be like, hey, Ticketmaster. MetLife yep. Stadium, you got
1: to get the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you got to get the Dodge Ram Arena. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, moving on. Moving on. Uh, I want to shout out a 50th anniversary that is album that's getting a physical release. Uh, Last year was the 50th anniversary of Honky Chateau, the Elton John album. And this year, we're finally getting a physical release of that record. Um, You're going to get a remastered version of the album on this physical release. They have uh, new session demos, and then the live album that also accompanies... accompanies the uh record is live from the royal festival hall uh i dug through some of this and listened to a little bit of it there's a lot of cool stuff in here i uh these boys did as well over here so we're gonna talk about it i think this is my favorite elton john album of all time and i think his most classic album in my opinion i think it's better than goodbye yellow brick road um i'm a big fan do you guys uh love this album are you a big fan as this as i am is this like top tier for you what do you guys think of it
2: I've never been an Elton John album guy. Never. I'm a, I'm a, a singles guy. guy. And the one album that I really listen to a bunch as an album is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, that being said, this, I would say, Don't Shoot Me. Is it called Don't Shoot Me, I'm Just a Piano Player? Correct. Or like that. It's this and that. That would be either my second or third favorite Elton John uh, albums. Um, this album is what, like his fourth or fifth record maybe in like two and a half years?
0: Yeah. It's his fifth studio album.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, this does have, by all estimation, maybe one of the top one, two, three Elton John songs, which is Rocket Um It closes off side one. Uh, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, of course, used in Almost Famous, the movie from 2000. Honky Cat, which opens up the record. Um, so I still like really am more... Lash onto the hits from this record but I think those three songs out of I think there's nine or ten tracks on this like even just those three songs make this a worthwhile listen um and yeah this is Ellen John in the groove of like he is now kind of like peaking in the middle of his like classic run of the first like seven-ish albums yeah are all like pretty four to five star albums
0: yeah this is his first of six consecutive albums that would hit the number one on the billboard Mm -hmm. uh top 200 charts and, uh, yeah, I, I I agree with everything that Jeff said. I threw it on today before coming to the podcast. Like, I was, like, hanging out and playing Magnetiles with my son. And it was just a great – it's a great soundtrack to just kind of just being together and, you know, doing your thing. And
1: I think it's a classic yeah. 70s record in all aspects. Um, like Jeff said, the standout singles, Rocketman, is ginormous, and Honky Cat being a close second in another classic Elton John song. Um, if we're just going, like, some of the album stuff on here, uh, Susie is one of my favorite album track elton john songs ever uh pretty little black eyed susie great chorus rock and roll to the core great like barroom piano on it uh and again uh, a song elton john performed live h ch- like a ton throughout mm-hmm. his career is i think i'm gonna kill myself which oh, yeah, is yeah. one yeah. of my favorite elton john songs it's a teenage lament like mm-hmm. My dad won't let me go out Saturday night. I'm going to kill myself. And it's just one of the, like, the funniest tongue-in-cheek songs of the era. Very Elton John to the core and Bernie Toppin. I think like that kind of writing style. Um, also, this album has that kind of western-y feel that "Madman Across the Water kind of has. But it also has that like band style, the band, uh, Levon Hellman Gang. I'm talking about style on it as well, so it's that British singer songwriter affected by heavily affected by American music, and then definitely the R and B is in there too. The
2: Stax records, the swampy stuff,
1: and it all combines on this like way better than Mad Men across the water, and it really makes like a concise statement. And I think they made a really great album. And I think Mm -hmm. like Jeff said, Elton John for me, for the most part too. I'm a singles guy as well. Uh, My most played Elton John record is Elton John's Greatest Hits Volume 1. It's a classic. You know, I can't really get over it. But if I'm going to albums, Honky Chateau is the number one album I go for. It has great hits, great album tracks. And if you haven't experienced Elton John's albums, I think like the classic run is really first album up to, I'm going to say, like, Captain Fantastic but even right. up to that point is a little pushing it with Caribou and Captain Fantastic yeah. kind of ends for me at Goodbye Yellow Brick Road yeah. but um, check out Honky Chateau Um, really great stuff and I yeah. think it's heavily like American British influenced music it's really cool and yeah, is he now
2: record. technically retired from touring he did that big concert that's on you know, HBO or Disney Plus or something like that oh yeah 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 the one I on think Disney he's Plus. not yeah. performing anymore I think that's it he did his yeah. last
1: show finally yeah. I can't I don't know if that tour ended yet but I mm. think it did. I think no the American leg ended but mm. cuz uh, he's like 17 Oh maybe that's what it is. Maybe? I
0: think it's his final show in America in the United States. Oh, okay. I
1: think he's still going overseas cuz I'm sure like, he'll do like a Royal
0: out. Albert Hall date here and there or something like like David Gilmour does like Eric Clapton does. They all just yeah. do a Royal Albert Hall yeah. night once a year and they just, you know. This
1: was like the last to- I'm done touring. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, yeah, great album, man. It mm. looks like what it sounds like. Yes. And, you know, uh, if you look at the album cover.
2: White British just... dude singing soul music. Yeah. I just
1: want to shout out, <laughs> yeah. um, check out all the demos, especially the one of Rocketman. Um, it's really cool. He just, like, goes through it and, like, like kills a take of it in, like, one go. And you can hear him pissing off at the beginning of it. And you're like, this is not going to be good. Yeah. And it's great. Um, so that was cool. Um, I thought the demo for Suzy was really cool as well. And I listened to the live album. I wasn't super impressed with the Sonic uh, quality of it. Um, some of the takes were cool, but it sounded like it was recorded not live at all because like, you couldn't hear any audience. So it was a bit hit or miss for me. So that's where I'm at with that live set. So, Did um,
0: it, Do we know how much it cost, that box set? Did oh, we look that up? I'm I, sure it's outrageous. I
1: didn't look it up, but you yeah, know. I'm sure it's if, if it's your thing, spend your money, guys. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy of your course. own John box set.
2: Yes. Uh, piggybacking off of that, another album uh, celebrating its 50th anniversary this week actually yesterday march 28th uh released in 1973 the fifth album by led zeppelin houses of the holy uh in my estimation it's either my favorite or second favorite led zeppelin album and uh what do you guys think about this album we did a we did a led zeppelin countdown way way back in the vault before we were on video yeah Um, you can check out that episode if you like search us on spotify and all that um your thoughts on Houses of the Holy
0: Yeah I think when we did we did a Led Zeppelin Led Zeppelin video or sorry um episode rather I think I selected Zeppelin 2 as my favorite Zeppelin record yep. but it's it's now looking back <laughs> it's Houses of the Holy man I love mm-hmm. this record it's it's the one I've listened to the absolute most it's got like my favorite Led Zeppelin slow burn jam on it no quarter mm-hmm. fantastic song and one of my favorite faster songs from Led Zeppelin, The Ocean. It's back-to-back on the end of Side 2. It's just a fantastic record.
1: Uh, This has been my favorite Led Zeppelin record, I think, as long as me and Mike have been friends. Um, Mike really showed this record to me when we first started hanging out, and we watched Song Remains the Same. How uh, many times? The the movie. Yeah. Like, one of the first times we hung out together, and this is the um album that that tour is based off of. And... I fell in love with every song in this record. Um, again, the legendary like stoner song of all time, no cor- uh, no quarter. Like it's the st- quintessential stoner Zeppelin song, I think. Right? It's spacey, yeah. keyboardy, awesome. Um, the vocal effect with like the uh-huh, yeah. yeah, super yeah. cool. Um, and then like again too, this is the Zeppelin album where they took the blues out of the Zeppelin. Uh, For the most part, like, uh, Jamaica, uh, Dire Maker, is um, the reggae song on here that is really cool. And they like Zeppelin out that shit. Um, The Crudge on here is basically a James Brown rip, like Zeppelin doing James Brown. This is my favorite style of Zeppelin kind of dipping their toe into other things. Later on, for me, it gets a little bit too out of control. And it's not really like what I like anymore. Um, but this is like the beginning of the end for me. This is my favorite Led Zeppelin album. They do a little bit of everything on here. Yeah. Shout out to that crazy guitar uh, in Dancing Days.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a wall of crazy guitars. Uh, <laughs> oh.
1: Um.
2: Some of my favorite songs, I really enjoy Over the Hills and Far Away, which opens the acoustically and then breaks into a rock song. Um, the crunge with its weird horn-like synth parts played by John Paul Jones. Um, very like mid early seventies Stevie wonder style, um, no quarter, you know, with all the warbly underwater type of Leslie things all over it. And it's just like, you know, fighting dragons kind of song. It's it's an epic, um, just great, great, great album. I think, I think when we did our countdown a year or two ago, we all put the first five records as our five favorite in some order. Um, and that's true for me today. This is one of my favorites. Classic cover by Hypnosis, the artist group that did like Pink Floyd covers, et cetera, et cetera. Um,
1: Yeah, this is a five star album. This is just peak. I also love the ad libs in here. Like, uh, has anybody seen The Bridge? Uh, Which is referenced in Almost Famous on that dude's t shirt. And um, The Ocean, where John Bottom counts really low in the mix. Uh, We've done four Four already, already, but now we're steady. And here she went. One two three and it counts yeah. off the song Um, so some of my favorite like little just ad libs in a record especially that John bottom one at the end I feel like that's quintessential Um, great bonzo yeah so you yeah. know and a great follow-up
0: too because you figure Led Zeppelin four is just such a classic you know album. that's considered like the, the monster the yeah, monster yeah. you know and then to to be able to do a you know an album or release an album right after that and have it to be on this standard is pretty like wow also oh, shit,
1: we man. didn't even touch on the proggy opener uh song remains the same which oh, yeah. is like yeah. which and then is, into the rain song yeah which oh, like so. zeppelin does yes and then yeah. into the rain song which is one of the most i think the most in my opinion the most beautiful mm-hmm. song zeppelin ever did mm-hmm. yeah. um i love the rain song it's mm-hmm. Gorgeous, what a great tune that is. Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. So happy birthday,
2: Houses of the Holy. 50 years. Happy 50, years. 50 to both of them. Yes. If you can
1: see Robert Plant,
2: I believe he's touring right now with Alison Krauss. Yeah. Oh, yeah? And they did their Raisin Sand Part 2 album a year, two, three years ago, and they were uh, touring behind that. Nice. He sounds very different than he did fifty years ago, but he still sounds yeah. really good. We yeah. saw
1: him like I'd say ten years ago, and somewhere
2: around there, yeah, probably like twelve years ago now. S- Sensational space shifters,
1: and uh, it was a good show. It was cool. It was, it was really fun. really cool.
0: They he did one. They did do one Led Zeppelin song. I can't remember which they one. Did they did go into though. California
1: in its like original incarnation. Oh so, yeah, and then they did another one. They did a weird ass version of Black Dog, which was cool. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. It's uh. It's it's cool. Yeah. It was cool. Check it out.
0: All right. We move on. We move on to the year I was born.
2: 2008. (laughs) 2008. You know (laughs) it. I have (laughs) 1989.
0: As always, Luke has uh, a nice little uh, preface, uh, summary
2: of the year that was. I'm going to just... There will be no... There'll no be... Green Day news. Oh, I was going to say. I was hoping no Lincoln Park, Park news. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Maybe one of them
1: was born and went in 1989. No Green Day news. <laughs> no Lincoln Park news. Um, so seeing that 1989 is the farthest back we have gone so far True. in the show, um, it's a little bit harder for me to grasp mm. what the musical year was, seeing that I wasn't even alive yeah. though these gentlemen. or well, Michael was born and Jeff I was born was in July of that year, already alive. Um, oh, oh, was I? So. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bit. Like, I'm going to include some other things that aren't really musical here. Uh, Please. 1989 was Mm -hmm. the year of sequels, apparently. We have Lethal Weapon 2, Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters 2, all were really big. Um, Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Mm -hmm. You go. Batman came out. Um,. Yeah, so that so was a, a big, huge movie in 1989. Um, so that was kind of like the feel of it. Now I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give you a little bit of what was going on mm. with the musicians in their lives. Um, James Brown, if you've ever seen that infamous CNN clip of oh, him in 1988 when he is asked why he assaulted his wife and then just tells the CNN interview that he's going on tour, he looks good, he feels good, living in the USA, back in America. Um he was arrested from those charges on January 23rd of 1989 and he served 6 years in jail from that so from that, what from that clip where he's interviewed he was arrested from that where he assaulted uh his wife and so oh so s- the
2: assault was the reason yes yeah. uh, it was there such was a terrible st- interview that he was detained <laughs> there were some
1: uh, other things going on with that, but uh, the assault was uh, the main one. Uh, There you go. Six years in uh, prison, so that was a sad time in James Brown's life, and that's what happened then. Uh, January 27th, Michael Jackson wrapped up uh, his bad world tour that he started the previous year. Big tour. Um, The biggest
2: at the time, I believe, Yeah, worldwide tour. I believe so.
1: Uh, I've watched like the concert film from that It's one of the craziest things of all time He just stands there for like 10 minutes while people scream It's incredible (laughs) It's it's so crazy People are like passing out Um, Also on February 12th Roy Orbison weirdly had his like Renaissance comeback uh, Before his Mm -hmm. untimely passing And he hit like The charts again and had two albums In the top five Which was another feat that has only been uh, Elvis Presley so the was only one a traveling
2: Wilburys album,
1: um, ooh. One, I
2: believe one was the traveling Wilburys and one was a solo album that was produced by Jeff Lynn.
1: Yeah. So it was pretty,
2: and he made that black and white TV special.
1: Yeah. Mm. So great. Uh, I love that Roy Orbison album from that time. Uh, yeah. any way you want in the mm. Wilburys play all over it too. Yeah. Really great record. So I wanted to throw that in there cause that was like a weird, uh, thing to happen yep. in 1989 for him. Um, April 9th, uh Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones was a super creep and married a 19-year-old that he had been dating for 6 years. Want to throw that out there? Bill Wyman's a creep. he had been dating for 6 years? Yeah, man, I read that. Couldn't believe oh that. Oh my god. Creep. How old was he at the time? Oh, old as He's dirt. He's the
2: oldest Rolling Stone He's the member, oldest stone.
1: so 60 probably. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Not
2: good. That's Jerry Lee Lewis level. Yeah. yeah
1: that's so,
2: uh, no, yikes. it's worse because that yeah. happened fucking 40 years before then. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it makes it better, but. Yeah, no, but I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bad on all fronts. So I just yikes. want to throw it out there. Uh, Bill Wyman, super weird. Um, Michael Jackson in 19. <laughs> Speak 19- about super weird. <laughs> Speaking of super weird, right back to the king of pop who was named. The King of Pop in 1989, wow. after receiving uh, the Soul Train Heritage Award, that's when he was crowned the King of Pop, and it has, I think, majesty. stuck ever since. Um, okay. No matter how weird things have gotten since, um, I have to throw another one. I'm s- oh, I'm so sorry. I have to throw another. Michael Jackson was huge in the news. This is oh, also yeah. the year that he was in. Um, he was in a jewelry store shopping, and he got the police called on him because he was in disguise and they thought it was like a creepy person <laughs> cool. like shopping and they're like believe we're being haunted they're like he's been lingering here for a long time and it was Michael Jackson in disguise trying to shop so that happened on May 1st um
0: this May... picture him with like the the fuzzy eyebrows and like the glasses and the mustache <laughs> the groucho marks
1: have you you guys have seen he's those like <laughs> the footage of him getting like done up in the makeup oh, so he yeah. can go out it, oh, it's yeah. insane no, he would get seen, like yeah. um movie makeup People. Like he
2: had like Eddie Murphy's makeup guy from coming to America do his makeup. Like <laughs> oh straight God. up. It was like <laughs> that, <laughs> that level. Yeah, Jesus. just so we could
1: go like uh to eat dinner and stuff, which is pretty out there. Um July twenty-ninth, the Bee Gees perform uh the US tour for the first time in ten years. The Bee Gees mm-hmm. were back in America. Um, so that was cool. The Stones kicked off their steel steel wheels tour. They came back to America as well. They played at Bill
2: Wyman's New Wife's Middle School concert. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And I it just... was a luncheon. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. He's like, I'm here for the parent-teacher conference. There's
0: like, what? You, why is Bill Wyman in the school right now? Uh,
1: in August of that year, um, as well, uh, Doctor Feel Good by Motley uh, Crue was released. So I just wanted yeah, to like, just... 1989 was a gross ass time. <laughs> That's so what I'm saying. Sleazy, I wanted so to nasty. like ju- show you uh, like it was Michael Jackson was huge madonna was really really big that year yeah, yeah. um madonna also released um like a prayer that year mm, and yeah. performed at the vmas and did the shocking performance um, the black jesus
2: in the music video yes it was very shocking at the time
1: uh the cross burnings as well in the music <coughs> yeah. video that year were also jesus. uh throwing everybody up in arms so this led pepsi to drop madonna so basically you really had like. Madonna, Michael Jackson, um and like sleazy like um glam rock hair metal was still like absolutely giant and had not died yet. And I think when we go into our album picks, um we're going to talk a little bit more about the underbelly of like what was actually happening and what would turn around into 90s music cuz this is 1989 and we have like no 90s styled music really um on like yeah. the zeitgeist of what was happening in right, big popular right. music um so that was what was going on and i wanted to i wanted to give it to you that was it all right so that's it we're gonna do have, do we albums. have any
2: numbers of uh top albums or anything that year or we I, just wanna hit our picks? Oh
1: man, I forgot to look up your your top ten of the year. Top no ten worries, dog. songs, nineteen eighty nine. I'll get it for you.
2: It's gonna be it I will not be surprised if it's like five Michael Jackson songs.
1: Okay. Here we go. No, like, this is the Billboard uh yeah. top one hundred for the end yeah. of the year. Uh in nineteen eighty nine. We have okay. Giving You the Best That I Got by Anita Baker.
2: That's number one. That's no, number that's 10. 10. Okay. Okay. Anita Baker, Slow Jams. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. We have at number nine, uh, the artist is Will to Power, Baby I Love Your Way. Okay. Oh. Is that? No. That's Peter Frampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but did they redo it? I don't know. Maybe. Will to Power. Did anybody know this song? I don't, I don't know, know the song. song.
2: Right. No. Wasn't there a cover that kind of sounded like Simply Red, like... Red Red. No, UB40 like Red Red. Yeah line yeah and stuff. yeah yeah. So it could be that. I yeah. don't know. It oh. says. I'll, I'll just, I don't <laughs> don't know. Wow, we gotta look that up. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta look, look that up. up.
1: Okay. Uh, at number eight, we have "Girl, You Know It's True." Oh. Girl, you know it's true. Lip
2: extraordinaire, Milli Vanilli.
1: There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, it. Uh, number seven, "Wind Beneath My Wings" by Bette Midler. No.
2: Oh. Beaches must have come out like that year. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: okay. my uncle loved the song. Shout out, Beaches. Uncle Bill. Yeah, uh, definitely had that record yeah. in our house yeah. uh, Wind Beneath My Wings uh, That was it uh, Number 6 We have Cold Hearted by Paula Abdul Do you know this tune?
2: Nope I know like two o- two other hits I don't know that one Cold
1: Hearted uh, I might know this one I know the song with the dancing mouse
2: or cat in the video <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> do, that do, do you called. love
1: me um, <laughs> So that's uh, at number 6 Number 5 is Miss You Much Janet Jackson uh-huh. um, Do you know that one?
2: No, is that off of Rhythm Nation? Maybe? It has to be. Oh,
1: yeah, um, Straight Up is at number four. Oh, Paul Abdul, okay, yeah. Which I was just singing for Straight you guys up earlier. Up. I think that's yeah. the song where she was dancing with that cool cat. No,
2: different. The cat song is another one. The cat song's another one. Yeah, How many yeah. Paul
1: Abdul songs are there? She had some hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> <laughs> number three, guys. Oh, with a classic song like I said earlier, Hair Metal was still the top of its Skid Row? game. Every rose has a thorn. Oh. You are close. Oh. Uh, by Poison <laughs> is number three. <laughs> Uh, Top songs Uh, Number two Great song My Prerogative By Bobby Brown Oh sure And number one song of the year Billboard Hot 100 End of the year list Is Look Away By Chicago I don't know the song either Damn Chicago I don't know man (laughs) The last Last gasp
2: of baby boomers Maybe That must have been a big slow jam I don't know
0: yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've never I heard can't, that song. I can't think of how that one goes. You were a big Chicago household, though, weren't you?
1: Um, Like, first first. Yeah, album. my parents.
2: That's, like, my mom's f- favorite band. Yeah? Or at the time, and my dad loves them. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Do you want the top 10 best-selling albums? You know it. Okay, oh. here we go. I'm going to give you 10, to 1. Okay. All right. right. Nine. The Little Mermaid soundtrack. Oh, nice. At number 10. Nice. Big, Mankin big. Making an Ashman. Yep. Love it. Um, okay. Number nine. I don't know what this is. It looks to be. Do you know what this is? It might Oro, be.
0: Oro, Incenso, and Bira. Zu,
2: is it the, an Enya album?
1: Zucirio. I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that is. That either. was number nine. Um, mm-hmm. Number eight is Soul Provider by Michael Bolton. Oh. Very <laughs> of its time, right? Very of its yeah. time. Uh number <laughs> oh, yeah. number seven, bringing it back here. Uh we have Aerosmith's Pump. Pump pump,
2: pump. <laughs> loving an elevator. <laughs> uh one of my faves. One <laughs> going down.
1: Um six oh, is The Miracle by Queen.
2: Oh, the album where it's all their faces are all split. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Wanna break free, I think it's Um okay.
1: Number five, Garth Brooks by Garth oh. Brooks. Oh <laughs> the slick stuff. Yep. Neat stuff. <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> stuff it's official um, <laughs> <laughs> number four is Heart of Stone by Cher oh. which I didn't oh you know.
2: w- was that uh, Turn Back Time I th- that might be maybe that mm-hmm. might be
1: I don't, I don't know she won an Oscar I think that year too mm. uh, three but seriously Phil Collins oh yes so classic yeah, classic Lefty 80s drummer too. Uh, but seriously number two is Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation mm. Big 1989. What's number one? Of 1989? Oh, yeah. We talked about it already? Bad? Nope. No. Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Like Like a a Prayer. prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big record that year. There it is. So that is your top 10 best-selling albums. (sighs) What What a a year. year. It got 1989. I was was born on a
0: bad... one under a year. bad sign. Four under a bad sign, yes. <laughs> would you guys say, <laughs> Albert, like, say.
1: it was, like, the 80s seriously rotting out in, like, one year? Like, because that's what it, it seems to me. It seems yeah. like all the 80s culture... It really, just came to a head in 89. It burnt yeah. out in one, like, fast, bright light at the end of, end of the, you know? Yeah. Just a birth in 1990. Yeah,
2: 1990, musically, I think, is very similar to 89. And things don't really change until grunge fully comes in, like, 91. Yeah. But... yeah. Yeah, strange, a strange, strange year. year. So
0: strange year. let's talk about some albums then. Favorite albums Chef, of the year. Chef, do you want to and... kick it off Sure, for man.
2: Uh, I'll start off with a couple honorable mentions that did not make the cut. Um, one honorable mention, an album we talked about a couple weeks ago, Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul, their debut. An album that I really wasn't familiar with beyond the hits until we reviewed a couple weeks ago. But listening to it since then, uh, it jumps right up near the top of the list as one of my favorite from this year. Uh, my other honorable mention, I thought this would take the title, but did not. got beat out by a slim margin and is the debut by Nine Inch Nails called Pretty Hate Machine, mm. which uh features one of my favorite debut uh opening songs, Head Like a Hole. Uh this is a great album. This is like nine inch nails, it's still industrial and grimy and hard hitting but it has that 80s synth pop type of thing still like very heavily in it um so think like um eurythmics kind of done by an angry young man uh i love this album but it got beaten out by my favorite of 1989 which is the sophomore album from the beasties beastie boys paul's boutique uh, produced by Dust Brothers, this is a sample extraordinaire album. Features great songs. Uh, one of my favorite Beast songs of all time: "Shake Your Rump," uh, Johnny Rydell, uh "Barrel of a Gun," "The Closer," "B Boy Boolia Bass," which is like a 13-minute, like nine-part opus. Um, it might not be their height, but like it's the height of that sample craziness, just like the De La Soul album. So. Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique, my favorite album of nineteen eighty
1: nine. I love that record. Mm. I think that's a great choice. It, it, is it there I think it might be their best. I, I think it's it's up there. Um It might be their best. I don't know if it's their if it's my favorite because
2: I also really love Check Your Head and Ill Communication. Right. And Hello Nasty. I mean like
1: this run, the next like four albums are This is yeah. um for me a really like fun record. Mm. Um i love all the samples i love the jokes mm-hmm. uh shout out to Fle- fred flintstone driving around with both feet mm-hmm. uh that lyric like cracks me up every time uh i just love this record and the ba- mm-hmm. the uh i just want to shout out the bass drop in shake your rumpa which is like <laughs> one of the uh, first de-doom 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 nastiest de-doom bass de-doom drops de-doom. of all time and it's still it's a nasty a synth, bass drop Um, so shout out to like that bass dropping culture that might be like birthed on that record on, on that song. It is incredible. Um, cool choice, Jeff. Love it.
0: Yeah. Great choice, man. Um, for my choice, I'm going to go with something that maybe is not necessarily my favorite album of the year, but I saw it on the list and I have a sentimental sort of attachment to this record and to this artist. It is the fourth studio album by Stevie Ray Vaughan.
2: Oh, okay. It is
0: in step. Okay. It is it would be his final album he ever released before his Untimely Death in nineteen ninety in a helicopter accident. I think it was a helicopter. I so. Um so the album itself is really sort of a peek into a sober Stevie Ray Vaughan. He like sobered up right before uh, he made this album. He had like collapsed in Germany. He was drinking cocaine, it was a bad time. So uh he had some newfound um, sobriety and he came up with this album uh June 6th of 1989. It's it's got some great songs on it, man. Like I mean, you know, the house is rocking, like that's you know, just that's like a fun song. But songs like Crossfire and Tightrope, where it's kind of an insight into sort of like, you know, walking the tightrope he's talking about, like what it means to be like what sobriety is, man, and like kind of how he had a second chance. And really Steve Ray Vaughn, the unfortunate, I think, stereotype or trope or whatever you want to call it is is it's just like oh man like Metallica was better when they were drunk like a statement like that it tends to be said in those types of things for me it's the opposite sober Stevie Ray Vaughn is is just like mind-blowingly incredibly good um, you know
1: I think uh that leads to this maybe being like uh House of Rockin is like probably his biggest single that is like recognizable on pop radio right that one Yeah, could not
0: Stand the Weather" is a big one. Uh House of Rockin and Texas Flood of course. But, but-
1: pretty big i want to hear that one on classic rock radio i think that's like a testament to to like you know putting it all together at that point in his career and like getting a big radio hit because that was a huge radio hit
0: yeah and i mean there's a couple covers like there's a buddy guy cover there's a howlin wolf cover but it's got one of my favorite songs at the it's the last track uh riviera paradise it's just, like, this beautiful, you know, Steve Ray Vaughan always wanted to, like, venture into the world of jazz but couldn't quite do it because he was too Albert King and he wasn't enough West Montgomery. So, um, but it's kind of like every once in a while you give him a little, he gives you a little morsel of, like, some of the sort of other things that he wanted to do uh, musically and sonically. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's a fantastic album. And um, I saw it on there and... I mean, I, I was going to pick Journeyman by Eric Clapton, but uh, I thought, no, this is the way I'm going to I gonna thought you go. might
2: pick Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Oh,
0: I did think about that, mm. too. Yeah, I thought about that, too. But I just, I saw this, and uh, the release date is the birthday of a friend of mine who passed away. So I'm mm. like,
1: it's a sign. So the respect of I'm SRV. Gonna,
0: that's it, man. Respect yeah. SRV, because really he was one of the last
2: great electric yeah. bluesmen.
1: Guitar heroes of that yeah. nature. Uh, uh, I'm going to predict
2: Luke's. This is hard to predict. This There's is, a couple of Luke records in this year. Yeah. Yes, there
1: are. Um There's only one. Though. You know, quick shout out real fast to uh close contender, uh Pixies Doolittle, which I do love. And uh, my one of my favorite records of all time, uh Operation Ivy's Energy. Uh great albums, but I am going to go with the ubiquitous the album. It's nirvana it is bleach i have talked about it before in this podcast we did a sub pop uh records review a few weeks ago and i think i talked about it then but um if it's 1989 when i think of 1989 i think of this record um this is the birth one of the births of grunge it is nirvana at their most metal it is um a great album and it has songs like about a girl um no recess mr mustache is on here um just really great early nirvana it's super super dark and heavy and i'm i'm into it it's my favorite nirvana record at that so yeah um i think this record Took um a lot of what Black Flag and Sonic Youth were doing, added some really good melody to it, and sent it out in the world. This record would be uh very popular in the nineties when Nirvana blew up in nineteen ninety two. Afterwards, so I wanted to kind of throw this in there. Um, and along too with the uh, Pixies release, Doolittle. Um, two classic indie releases that still sound fresh and innovative today. And they were the undercurrent to your Michael Jackson and your Madonna. Um, you had this really great underground scene that had been brewing since the early eighties and was really coming into its own with their own classic albums. Like those bands started to make really great classic records. And, um, that's what I think of that time, that era, and that is my favorite album of it. Uh, do you have any more quick shout-outs before you go?
0: Oh, yes, I had... Because p- oh, we said Full
1: Moon Fever. Uh, That was one I really, really loved. Soundgarden, um, Louder Than Love, 1989. Oh, yeah, yeah A- yep. Again, um, that early grunge in there.
2: Vinny Riley by the Derudy column. Very interesting late 80s record. It's like all... Instrumental guitar and there's snippets of opera and soul music used as samples into it. Oh, check out the song "Otis" by the Derudie Column. Okay. Uh yeah.
0: Um, Batman the the soundtrack. The Bat Dance. Come on, thank you. The The Bat Dance soundtrack. Prince. Come on, you can't get more classic. Uh, Skid Row, self-titled. Alice Uh, Cooper's Trash. Beneath the Remains by Sepultura and uh, Altars of Madness. From Morbid Angel for all the metal heads out there, Stone Roses.
1: Uh another one to go with Paul's boutique. Uh The Jungle Brothers done by the oh, forces yeah. of nature. Another great like hip hop uh house album of that time. I love that record. What else did we have here? Oh,
0: another metal one. Voivod.
1: Oh. Nothing oh face Fugazi, Neil Young's Freedom. Uh, keep on oh, yeah? rocking in the free world guys come on
0: Don Henley The End of Innocence Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mother's oh, yes. Milk by the Red Hot Chili Peppers oh. I'm just reading stuff off now. Oh, New Moth- York by Lou Reed
1: uh, that's a great record uh, also want to shout out Galaxy 500 On Fire an album I really like um, so. Power yeah. Man 5000 <laughs> oh Galaxy 500 this what is it's, what it's like when worlds collide <laughs> man <laughs> okay, Galaxy 500 great band Bob Dylan um, with Oh Mercy not a great uh, oh yeah. not, not <laughs> yeah, a yeah. great deal looks like, like it looks Dylan like the Offspring right. album cover
2: what in the hell's going on little, it's like my seventh favorite
1: oh that was a little that was way down the list for me that one's rough for me wow okay I'll check it out okay Oh Mercy we're gonna have a new Dylan album to check out there uh,
2: we go yeah Full Moon Fever
0: like Jeff had mentioned before The Real Thing by Faith No More by uh, Faith
1: No More that is okay. 1989 in a nutshell for yeah. me too is like that like early funk rap rock yeah, thing yeah. that's yeah. like before it turned into new metal yeah precursors so.
0: well there you go it was a crazy year for music and people and everyone it was the year that i was born were
1: you alive what were was you your alive? favorite song we you
0: not alive what was your favorite song what was your favorite album let us know in the comments below we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come right back with our brand new album review
1: wow 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 All right,
0: everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage.
1: With the music podcast for music lovers. Time for
0: our new album review of the week. This week, Jeffrey, would you like to bring us in?
2: We are presenting the latest from Lana Del Rey. It's called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard. It's her ninth studio album. This album is 16 tracks, one hour and 18 minutes long. Let me repeat, one hour and 18 <laughs> minutes <laughs> Long. Uh, This album is produced by Lana Del Rey, (laughs) Jack Antonoff, Drew Erickson, Mike Hermosa, Zach Dawes, and others. Uh, This kind of was my first earnest foray into Lana Del Rey because I've tried to give her a chance so many times. Every new album that comes out, I like throw it on, and within two and a half songs, I'm just like, yeah, this is like hitting me like a Michael Jackson sized. IV drip of prophathol, and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Um. But this being like the task to review this album, I gave it a good listen. I listened to it front to back. I listened to it again. I think I actually listened to this a third time. Uh, I enjoyed this album, and I especially enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I was assuming that I would be bored by it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what did you guys think about this album?
0: I would agree with you in saying that this is my first real shot. I think we could. kind of say that across the board. I've
1: never listened to anything by this artist.
0: Yeah, neither have I. I mean, Lana Del Rey's a name that I've seen kind of in and out, you know, and all that stuff, but never really given it a fair chance. Uh, I will agree with Jeff, too, in the way that I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a great album. I listened to it about three times as well, front to back, and it was very long. If I have one major critique of the record, it was very, very long, but I was also pleasantly surprised.
1: I probably will say, uh, you know, I've stayed away from this artist because I thought it wasn't something I'd be into at all. But um, having sat into this, I think what Jeff said, too, I was mo- even more pleasantly surprised with what I had heard. Um, what comes across to me instantly about this record is that Lionel Del Rey is making pop music but it is also very in the classic style of music it's um kind of like got a lot Joni Mitchell and classic touchstones going on that make it very classic um the songwriting on this record is very elevated from her peers she is a masterful songwriter I feel like that comes across in this record the wordplay on here is interesting yeah. the forthcomingness with her um life and what's going on in it and the way she writes about it in veiled detail and metaphor i find is very refreshing for an album that's stylized as a pop record um Again, a little long, but I feel like it has a lot of very fruitful things that uh, come out in each listen, and I think I listened to this probably like 10 or like 15 times. Whoa. Tons. Um, This has been like the only thing I've been listening to. Um, It really captivated me when it came out, even so much so that you will see I have purchased this record because I enjoy it. Um, so put it, Putting
2: his money where the, his mouth is.
1: I did. I put this on. After the second listen, I went, I'm going to go get this record right now because if I don't, I'm gonna be disappointed because there was a lot of songs I had stuck in my head I was singing and I just enjoyed so yeah that was where I'm at on it
2: Um, a special creative shout Uh, I said uh, Jack Antonoff played a heavy role in this production he's credited as a co-producer on like maybe 12, 13 of the 16 songs. Uh, Jack Antonoff works with Taylor Swift and Lord and St. Vincent and a bunch of other people. Um, his style is very, uh, he did the 1975 record, very yep. like Breakfast Club 1980s style. But he kind of, I think, just worked as a, Produ- singer songwriter producer on this because this album is dominated by piano it's dominated by string arrangements that were handled by drew erickson another producer on the album um the songwriting the style is dreamy and uh i say sleepy not as a negative thing but it, in that kind of like sean type of classical floaty type of yeah. style um some of the strongest songs in my opinion are in the center of the album, um, out of the 16 tracks. My highlighted like favorite run is starting with track eight, Kintsuki, uh, Fingertips, Paris, Texas, Grandfather, Please Stand on the Shoulders, dot, 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 and Let the Light In. I think those are the strongest songs, and they're dead set in the center of the album. Um, I think that this album's length is uh, maybe strange especially in this era because this is like the tiktok generation and the fact that she's like a voice of the generation and she makes songs that are like six and a half minute long things i'm just like how does that exist like how are all the kids 10 15 years younger than us like super into this artist but i guess it just works uh my critique i would have loved to see like six of the songs brought down by a minute or a minute and a half like the six and a half minute mark, you start to kind of, uh, on most of them, um, the interludes. I love John Baptiste. I love his energy. I love his laugh, but I don't need a three minute John Baptiste like singing and playing yeah, piano yeah. interlude. I don't need the preacher interlude at all, which is like four and a half minutes long. Uh, the Judah Smith where he's doing a sermon and she probably was just recording it on her phone and she's like listening and laughing and, uh, just X that shit out and we could have like a 55 minute album. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. very good critiques. <laughs> um, I feel that way a little bit about the interludes. Like in some way it's interesting to have them and their reflectiveness of like the nature of her life and those things. But um, another point they make this album longer than it needs to be Um and again too like um A and W, American Horror, mm-hmm. that song uh has a very that song's almost seven minutes long.
0: It is over just over seven minutes long. S- seven minutes and thirteen seconds to be and, exact. And like
1: that's one song you could like cut like a minute of that beat off and you'd still get the same feel of it, I think. And isn't that a reimagining of a previous song,
2: American Horror, that she had released?
1: I be- uh I don't know if that one is entirely. Yeah. I think that one has a bit of play on it, but the one on here that is definitely a reinterpretation is um Taco Truck. The closer, yeah. Yeah, uh yeah. Bitch. Venice, bitch. Um, I think that one has some like allusions to past songs mm-hmm. in yep. it, but um, yeah, it, that song was another very interesting one because it was one of the only ones with a hip hop like styled beat, yeah. um, and that was just at the closing for like emphasis. Um I also, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, shout out to one of my favorite lines on the whole record, um, where she like says like the guy's mom's calling her to talk about him, yeah. and uh, she's telling her that you're fucking up big time. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite like things on this record, um, and that's one of them. So yeah, uh, and other songs. I know like you saying you loved uh, Paris Texas on. Yeah, here.
0: Paris Texas is a great tune for me, uh, and also it's one of the shorter songs on the album. I think the. The other shortest song is the song Sweet, which is another song that I really, really liked. Mm, yeah. um, I We've talked about it before, how, you know, opening tracks and what's a good opening track, what makes it a good opening track, and all that stuff. For me, this, The Grants is great a great song too, as an opening track especially, because she's got them doing this sort of, uh, you know, vocal rehearsal thing in the very beginning. And it sounds like it's going to, the song that will come with this intro is going to be this sort of, you know, happy sort of warm hug kind of song. Uh, and then immediately it just dives right into like a minor chord. And you're like, and it just, it, it just, it sets the the tone and the pace for everything that would follow on this record. Uh, and I love that. I love an immersive album. And I was kind of like, I, I really was taken aback. a uh, and I did like that song. I thought that the back half of it was cool because you needed that little bit of a quick yeah, pick-me-up. Right. Yeah. Um, you needed some of that uh my critique it, i think is shared pretty much by all of us across the board in the way that it is a very long album the interludes you know give or take them i don't know you, you know if you like them if you don't i love candy necklace with john batiste as well that was a great oh. phenomenal song uh yes you know? and,
1: and candy necklaces has some of the like best lyrics on this whole whole record um it's i oh, what is the chorus to that uh the chorus to candy necklaces is
0: feeling like uh, feeling like I'm young and restless uh, uh, oh uh, dancing S- like the young and the restless.
1: restless you've been acting pretty reckless yeah. um, and I'm obsessed with this yeah. just that rhyme pattern reckless restless obsessed with this um, that kind of stuff like drives me nuts on this record where she's especially that song like that's master rhyming that's really great yeah. and creative Uh, chorus writing I thought that was one of the best melodies yeah. on the entire record too
0: one of my only real critiques isn't necessarily that it's i say I think that's like peppers the second to last song and then taco truck the last two songs they they almost seem like afterthoughts in the way that they don't really seem to fit i mean a and w gives you that flash of that sort of like trappy kind of thing that you have going on but other than that you know you don't really get that again until like right near the end of the record yeah my my I'm split in my way of saying either trim the fat cut those 15 cut 15 and 16 off and remove the interludes or at the very least those two al- those two songs I think they should have kind of been peppered in in the meat of the record sure. so that way you can get that bump up and then you can go sleepy again cuz you need that little bit of thing the interludes broke it up but I don't I think those would have been Here's, more effective as breaking the album up and kind of making it like oh, okay so this is like a you know
1: Here's my uh, disagreement to this I think this record kind of starts off talking about a person mm. and family um, kind of gets interlude with a bit of like spiritualism. Um, and I feel like that back half of the album, like Jeff had started his favorite run, which is uh, Kintsugi Fingertips from there, I feel like that starts to bring in the nature of the relationship that is kind of uh, foreboding the first half of this album. Yep. And she really starts to bring it in into full focus in what I believe kind of resolves in the song Peppers, uh, where she states my boyfriend, where everything else in the previous sections of this album, she is uncertain about what the significant other relationship that she's been singing about is. Um, So for me, where it picks up on that in Peppers, especially from um, the previous song Fishtails, where she's saying, um, I don't care if you won't braid my hair that line where she's like, I'll just get sadder and sadder mm-hmm. where she's talking about her hair and how she's um, If you don't want to braid it, which is like a very emotional thing to like braid someone's hair um, She doesn't want to deal with you And then into the next song where the refrain in the chorus is, you know hands on my knees uh, Braid my hair and it's like my boyfriend and it's more of like a I'm in love feeling so It, like, brings that record in for me and, like, really finalizes it at that moment where it's more of, like, a this is where I am now. Um, And, again, like, those two songs are, like, dovetailed together. Um, Margaret has a lot going on um, that... Uh, Paris, Texas has, uh, the when you know, you know, and then in Margaret, she's, uh, refraining, like, when you know, you know, in a different way, so I thought that that was interesting, um, all over this album, the songs are, um, referencing one another, and especially in the earlier tracks, when you go down, she's referencing back to previous things she's, like, referenced and said and felt, so, um, I was super into this. For me, it was the writing. And if you can't tell, that's where I was, like, gushing about this record. The writing for me. It's all, um, that's where, like, the, like, because if, like, Jeff said, it's pretty, like, a sleepy, sleeper album. If you have it at a low volume, it's not really going to perk your ear up at all. Um, and it's very long. So for me, this kind of had like a masterful writer's sense to it that really got me engaged and sucked in. And I'm going to lay out some like big heavy names in like the Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan way I listen to records when I'm like really want to get in that like lyrical soup This is that album for me, and it played off strong in that way. And those references are, um, I think she's like in that light in this age. I definitely think she wrote some really cool, interesting, different pop songs.
2: Yeah, I like the melodies and the instrumentation on a lot of these songs as well. Um, that song Kintsugi, uh, it's pretty much this very gorgeous. Uh, vocal and uh, piano thing and there's some strummed acoustic guitar that kind of is harp like the song remind me of a couple Stevie Wonder songs like um, visions and uh, if it's magic and it had that like beautiful thing to it Uh, the song Paris Texas featuring Simmel uh, it uses the song "I Wanted to Leave" by Simil, like how Kanye West used a, the song uh, "Avril 14th" by Afex Twin to make his song "Blame Game," where it's just that peppered, like minimalist piano thing. Cause the Simil track, it's it is that Simil track with just La Del Rey singing over it, mm. so there's not much difference. But I love the fact that she does that like hip hop producer would do that and the same thing about the following song which is the grandfather please stand on the shoulders dot 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 Um, the Ryopi song flow is used and it's like the track as it is her singing over it and then they pepper in like brass and added instrumentation as it builds over the second half so I like the fact that in a hip hop way even though she is very like twirly dress and like clouds and all that she does those hip hop flourishes there's some hip hop stuff on the last track being a redo uh it's like an earlier version of a song that she put out on the Norman fucking Rockwell album um three or four years ago uh, five years ago I guess now at this point um but I like the fact that like as much as she's not, she is just like a singer she still approaches music like how hip-hop has influenced this generation of musicians to like mm. put those little flourishes in uh fishtail has some electronic drums that come in they're simple they're understated but like as the electronic drums come in, the the voice starts to auto tune um, slightly uh, so I like those little things in here I love the string string arrangements by Drew Erickson there you um, go yeah it's a beautiful album I was very impressed and I thought I would be like yeah it's a five or six but uh, I think it's much stronger than that
1: yeah uh I just wanted to shout out too when you said that like she like uh sings over that it's not very much unlike what, a lot of what Paul Simon has done in his career, where he sings over like just straight up, like that song is this track, and then like so that was like interesting too. I didn't really think about it. Oh, in, how like, about this track? I, other, thought,
2: I thought a track that we all might like is the duet with J- Father John Misty. Oh, yeah, yeah, to me, was like straight Straight up sounded like it could be on George Harrison's "All Things Must Pass." Oh, it was like yeah. the oh. same exact kind of like melody, instrument instrumentation, and approach. And, Mellotron. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: this—that's the song that got me hooked into this record. So, mm. like as I was listening to it, and then that one came on, and mm. that one I absolutely fucking fell in love with that's I, late that's like yeah. 12 or 13 on I the record I fell in love yeah, with that 12, song yeah. uh, I love it it's so old school like yeah good vibe country and the lyrics to that song are so like good in for what that cut style song is yeah and father really John Misty
0: he's he works well in that context you know what Does I mean his, that's like shows, I was like oh this is just this is shows yeah. up
1: sings on point great background vocal yeah, uh fantastic of m- uh, Michael McDonald of his day uh, God! <laughs> I praise, will say high
0: praise. Uh, one song that I like I I battled with a little bit was fingertips that tune do you guys remember that one it's That's like a, one. it's an
2: extended diary entry with a string range. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I was like yeah. I wrote that in my center words of the album too
0: I think. in my in my notes I wrote it as a bit word salad but yeah, great yeah. storytelling so yeah, right. it's' you know it was kind of this endless sort of thing yeah. where there's like there's, there's no chorus no in this song yeah. there's no it's yeah. her just it's yeah. going an iphone on and
1: on and on. that song yeah. is literally an iphone voice memo that she gave to the producer right. and he did it a- and he, she went i yeah. don't want any choruses just yeah. make this and yeah. then that was what it was and, it, and that came out crazy yeah uh, and that's one of the craziest things like that's wh- the most joni mitchell in my bob dylan yeah, yeah. like just yeah. eight straight verses at you um so and you know like it or like hate it it's uh evoking of some nature so mm-hmm. on a pop record um yeah you know, fuck the bridge fuck the chorus it's just verses now yeah right
0: right. but uh, yeah I ha- i got you gotta hand it to her man i mean this for the audience that that consumes this type of music it's just like hey man Anybody who's a younger person, if you're watching this, if you're watching this, and you can get through this, listen to Pink Floyd, guys. You can do it. Like You can, you know what you I can mean? make it through a six-minute song. You've proven you can. You
2: make, prove you can. <laughs> if you can
0: make it through the seven-minute song A&W... Give yeah. Echoes a try. I hope yeah. you don't have anything planned for twenty minutes, but you might be able to sit through it.
1: I uh, I feel the same way. I yeah. feel like um, this album, if younger people kind of are getting into the style, I feel like the well, obviously, it's like the that Joni Mitchell style is coming back in like a big way, and that I think the emphasis on the lyrics on this album is uh, really really great. I love that about this and. You know, I'm I'm here for it. So I hope right. more things start to sound in this nature. Shall so we do ratings? Yeah.
2: Let's uh, go around. I thought this was a very strong album. And the couple things I would skip, I would probably skip every time. But that's an hour and 20 minute long album. If this was an hour long album, this would be a strong nine plus for me. But it's an hour and 20 minutes long. So this is an 8.5 for me. Which is, uh, I thought this would be like a 5.5 or 6. And I love, love... Half this album, and I really like another quarter, and I'll skip a quarter.
0: Yeah. Uh, with me, I don't mind the interludes as much. It is a long album, and the last two songs, I wish they were placed differently in the record. That being said, said it is a nine for me. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm going to meet you at that. I'm going to go that this is a nine for me. I do think it's a lengthy record, but I kind of like the weird reward of like sitting in that like limbo for a little bit in it. And I think that, like I said earlier, it does pay off um, as being my first album. If you have any recommendations on where I should jump off next, please leave them in the comments. Yeah, let us know. This was a strong nine. Do you like this album? Do you think this is a great album? What do you think it should be rated? Do you think we did a good job? Please tell us. Let us know. Let us know. Like, comment, and
0: subscribe. Tell a wire worker. Mikey McCool, if you're still here. McCoyle. We appreci- it's McCoyle. McC- oh, my God. I don't know why I said McCoyle. McCoyle. Oh, he's never going to look. That- that- let that one go. Anyway, until next time, guys. This has been Get the Grudge. We'll see you next week. You're done. You're done, bud. You're done.